you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. you to stand. We're going to all stand together for the word this morning. So stand your feet. And we got our friend Steve Meisenheimer is going to come up here and he's going to read two passages, Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. These are the, the, the passages that we're looking at today and in this new series that we're starting right now. Steve. And it is my great honor to do so. Matthew 28, 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very ends of the age. Thank you so much, Steve. Once you stay standing, we're going to pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, your word is so amazing how it speaks, it leads, it guides, it is a uh, a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. And so, Lord, I pray that through your word, you would speak to us today. Lord, reveal more of who you are to us today. And God, I pray that we would not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Lord, help us to live out these words, that we would be people who truly love you and love other people, that we really would take this commission that you've given us seriously, Lord, that we would go, share your love, share your gospel, and make disciples of all nations. Lord, would you use us? Would you give us the courage and the boldness to be people of your word? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. why don't you go ahead and have a seat? Those two passages right there we just read are the greatest commandment, that's what we call that Matthew 22 passage, and the uh, great commission, it's Matthew 28. So it's from those two Core teachings of Jesus, really, if you want to break everything down to what Jesus taught, those are two of the, the core, most fundamental, most important teachings that Jesus gave us. We have taken those two and basically made our mission statement. This is where we get our mission statement. If you've been here for a while, you've heard us say the mission statement. We've said it quite a few times. We've said it all the time, actually. Love people, live like Jesus, and lead others to him. That's our mission here at BRC. So it's basically taking those two things and putting them together into one you know, shorter, concise, more memorable statement. This is the mission that we want to live. We want to love people. We want to live like Jesus and lead others to him. Because that's the mission Jesus gave us. We don't have to really wrestle like, what, what is our mission? It's pretty clear. Jesus gave us a mission, right? It's really a matter is if we are going to say yes to it, if we're going to obey it, if we're going to follow him in that. I love what Leslie Newbegin, he was a, a British theologian. He said this, the question is not, does God's church have a mission? The question is, does God's mission have a church? 
So we've got a mission as a church. We've got a mission as God's people. The question is, are we going to listen? Are we gonna obey? Are we gonna follow? Are we gonna live this thing out? And I pray that we do this to the best of our ability, that we allow God to empower us, to give us the boldness to live for him each and every day. I pray that we live out this mission and essentially we would be missional people, living a missional life. Have you ever been on a missions trip before? Anybody? Just raise your hand. If you've been on a missions trip before, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty fun, pretty amazing, uh, life-changing. If, if you're online and you're joining us, you've been on a missions trip, go ahead and type in where you've been. Let everybody that's with you see where you've been on a missions trip. I love missions trip, uh, missions trips. I have been on many of them in my life. In fact, I stand before you right now because I went on one missions trip and God really got a hold of me. And that's why I'm in ministry today. They're just incredible experiences. Sometimes the greatest miracle you ever see about a missions trip is the fact that you made it on the trip. <laughs> you raised the money and you got there. It's a lot of work. It's a, you know, I gotta get time off of work and all this. And, and it just takes a lot to get to and on the missions trip, but there's something powerful that can happen on those missions trips. That's why I love them so much. I love taking people, especially when it's on their first missions trip. I feel like it's one of God's callings in my life. The next time we start offering missions trips, I want to encourage you to go, because I think you should go on at least one in your life, at least one missions trip for sure. And hopefully we can do these soon, you know, with, with, with the pandemic and a year or two before we can start really doing missions trips again. But we will be doing missions trips. I'd encourage you to go. And I just love it when people finally get there. You know, it's like you, you land in that place, wherever the missions trip is, and you're like, I'm ready, God. Here I go. I've been praying. I've been believing. I'm so excited, God. You and me, we're going to make a great team. We're going to make a difference in people's lives. Okay, God, I'm ready. Who do you want me to talk to? Give me the right words. I'm just, you know, we have this amazing posture, this amazing mindset of like, ooh, here we go. And we have this incredible experience. God uses us. God uses our team. You partner with local missionaries typically and all. It's, it's awesome. We come home. We're typically a little bit more excited about being missional for Jesus when we come home, but it's easy for that to wear off. But my question for you is, what if we actually lived life like we're on a missions trip? What if tomorrow morning you and I got up and like, mm, yes, I love Mondays. God, today is going to be awesome. I am so ready, God. Here we go. Today... It's another day for me to go, I love my job. I love, I make tons of money there. But God, more than that, you're gonna use me. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna give me conversations with people. We're gonna make a difference in people's lives for all of eternity because today, God, I am on a mission. It's more than just making money. I'm on a mission for you. Today, God, I can't wait to go to school. I love school and learning. It's my favorite. But even more than that, God, I wanna, I wanna, impact people's lives. God, would you use me today? What if we had the same mindset on Monday morning that we do when we show up on the mission strip? Here we go. And I pray that's how we would live. This, this focus, this passion of every day really is a mission strip. You and I really are missionaries to the world around us. And we don't need to wait for amazing opportunities in another city or another country. It's right here. And I pray that you and I would have that mindset, you know, and that's part of why we are out of this pandemic really wanting to relaunch our church. It's kind of like fresh vision, fresh mission, reinvigorate our passion for who we're supposed to be as a church. Let's go back to the basics of who are we called to be as a church? What does God want to do in our lives and through our, through our church and through our community? And 
we're looking forward to this grand opening and, and some things are changing and some things aren't changing. Our mission isn't changing. Mission's the same. We wanna love people, live like Jesus and lead others to him. We're gonna continue to live that out. But we got a new season that we're stepping into on our grand opening Sunday, which is actually four weeks from today. It's 28 days from today. And 28, 28 days, our grand opening, new season, new passion is my prayer, new breakthrough, like we sang, new church name. Even we're changing the church name, which we'll announce here in, in, in the coming weeks. And I'm just praying that God would reinvigorate us to be who he's called us to be. And to have this mindset of like, okay, God, here we go. God, you're gonna use me today. My life and my calling is more than just what I do to make a living, but it's also what I do for your kingdom to impact other people. That's the greatest calling we have. It's the greatest privilege that we have. And so in 28 days, it's a grand opening. So by the way, this Wednesday night, we have on our encounter prayer and worship night. We'd love to have you join us right here at seven o'clock. And we're just gonna be praying for uh, each other, praying for our church. We're praying for the spirit of God to move on our lives and in our church. So come and join us. We're actually gonna stream it online. We'll have a live stream as well if you wanna join us online. But we'll gather right here, seven o'clock for our encounter prayer and worship night this Wednesday night. And then the following Sunday, which is a week from today, we start our 21 day fast. So be praying and thinking about what God you want me to do? What should I do? What can I do in this 21 day fast? We have prayer guides available for you. There's some back there in the back. There's some up here in the front as when you exit, you can grab a prayer guide. We emailed it out last week. Maybe if you check your email, you can, you can grab that, look at that. We'll email it out again this week, but be praying and thinking about, God, what are you asking me to do in this 21-day fast? We're gonna come together. We're gonna pray. We're gonna fast together. And we're, this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing for. We're praying for the spirit of God to move new and afresh on our lives. We're praying for the spirit of God to move new and afresh in our church. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're fasting for. And just believe in that it's gonna be a time of breakthrough in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. So that starts a week from today. And I would encourage you to keep praying for these people as well. You have these names you've written down on these cards, five people that you're believing to come to Jesus. We're praying for salvations. Uh, talked about how we had one salvation already that's, whose name is written on that wall there. Feel free to write names on that wall, people you're praying for, you're believing for. They're gonna say yes to Jesus. And we're just taking the season to pray for unchurched people. We exist to see people saved as a church and as a people. And so we're just gonna pray and believe that that's gonna actually happen as God uses us. So don't just pray, pray for opportunities. Pray, God, give me words. Give me boldness and courage to have the conversations. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if 25 years from now, you and I were having a conversation with our kids or maybe our grandkids. They come to you and they're asking you like, hey, what was it like in 2020? Like I'm reading in history class about the pandemic thing. What was that like? What did you do? And you, I mean, we could, right now, it's easy for us to have lots of words and things we could say about this whole year, right? Wouldn't it be amazing, though, if you said, yeah, it was difficult, it was tough, but let me tell you what God did that year. My church decided we're just gonna, we're gonna take advantage of this opportunity. We didn't view it as just obstacles, but an opportunity for, the, for God to do a new thing and to do a new work in people's lives. We came together, we prayed, we fasted, we launched into a new season, we changed some things, we, we put our focus on Jesus and his mission, and wouldn't you know, we began to see a move of God like I have never experienced in my entire life. It was the most incredible thing. God brought amazing joy out of, out of tragedy. God brought uh, revival and renewal 
renewal when, when the world was in chaos and it was an amazing move of God. Wouldn't you love to have that conversation 25 years from now? And I, I think sometimes it's important for us to live from the future, not just for the future, but from the future. Like I, this is the future I want to, to have. And so today I'm gonna choose to live in such a way that I know that I can talk about things in the future that God has done and God is gonna do because today God's gonna use me. So let's live from the future. And wouldn't that be amazing to share stories like that? Instead of, it was horrible, it was awful, worst year ever, just glad that it was over when it finally ended. Which, there's some truth to that. But it'd be really cool if we could just say, man, God moved. The revival that took place, man, I'm just praying for that, for you, for your friends, for your family, for our church, our community, our city, and our nation. I'm praying for that, guys. I'm believing for that from the depths of my heart. This is why in 28 days, we're doing a grand opening. This is why we're in this series right now, walking through our mission statement. We've never walked through our mission statement and just kind of dissected it and asked, what does it mean? The series is called Love, Live, Lead, as we walk through our mission statement. Love people, live like Jesus, and lead others to him. So as a church community, we do a lot of different things, different ministries, different activities that we do. And of all those things, what would you say is the most important thing that we do? The number one thing that we do as a community, what's the, I like to say the main thing. What's the main thing? Because you know what to say about the main thing, right? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So what's the main thing? What's the most important thing that we do as a people of God and as a church? And so let, let's go ahead and look at this. Our friend Steve already read these words. Let's, let's read these again. Matthew 22, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now at this day and age, the rabbis had taught that there were 613 laws that all the Jews were supposed to follow. Approximately. 613 laws. Okay, so they were... Uh, divided in different sections. There was 284 that were affirmative. 365 of them were, were negative. And then they were divided into like important and unimportant. The important laws were called the heavy laws and the un and lesser important laws were called the light laws. And so the idea was just major on the heavy ones, the important ones, and just do your best with the rest. Okay, the problem with this is pretty simple and obvious. No human can actually follow maybe even let alone remember 613 laws. Try living that life, 613 laws. And so when Jesus is asked this question, he's essentially being asked this. Okay, hey, teacher, rabbi, of the 613 laws that we have right now, which is the most important? Very good question, you might say. What's the main thing, he's saying? What should we really focus on? which we put at the top of the list. And Jesus recites with this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which is something very familiar to every Orthodox Jew because they would recite that every single day, reciting the words of Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It's called the Shema or the Shema. And it was a, a declaration or a confession for them that they did every single day. So Jesus is giving them a very familiar answer. They know this, and he's saying, this is the number one thing for you to do. And it all centers around this one thing, and it is 
love. Love. You know, if we were to take time to walk around the room and say, what's the most important thing we do? We could have lots of different answers. You know, we have to be, you know, some of us that are involved in different ministries might say it's the ministry we're involved in because that's very important, obviously. Or maybe someone might say, no, prayer. It's all about prayer. We gotta be people of prayer. And someone would say, no, it's all about discipleship. Jesus told us to go and make disciples. And someone would say, no, it's all about evangelism because we gotta go first before we can make disciples. And so you can't have any disciples to make if you don't go and have evangelism. We gotta have evangelism. Someone might say, no, it's all about worship. We gotta create a worship culture. We gotta do better at worship. That'll create a movement of God and then God will use us. And all those things are very important, right? And some of us would lean into one or those, some of those or all, I don't know. But the number one thing that we need to do as the people of God and as a community is love. I would say this is the goal of the Christian life is to love. And not just to love, but to love well, to do it well, the best we possibly can to love other people. And so Jesus, interestingly enough, he actually gives two, two answers to the question. Did you notice that? The question is, what's the main thing? What's the most important commandment? And so Jesus doesn't give one answer. He gives two answers. Love God and, oh, by the way, uh, here's a second one. Love people. Like, what's the deal, Jesus? Like, can you not count? We'd only ask for one. You bad at math? But Jesus is very intentional, obviously, with this. And he's saying, it all centers around love. It starts with God. But you approve your love, show your love for God by how you love other people. The two go hand in hand. In fact, you can't love God without truly loving people. And so next week, we're gonna focus in on loving others, loving people. But today I wanna talk about loving God. Loving God. You know, we just last week passed the six-month mark of this pandemic. It's been a very challenging season for a lot of people, some more than others, for various different reasons. But can I ask you this question? After six months of this, do you find yourself in a place where you love God more? I hope so, because that's the goal. In the midst of all the confusion and the chaos and the information and all, everything that's going on out there, do you find yourself in a place where you love God more? I hope so, because my friends, that's the goal. That's the main thing. That's the place that you and I need to live. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. He says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's the greatest. It's the most important. It's the most powerful. Love is the greatest. And we love to experience God's love, but it's also imperative that we love him back. That we love him because he first loved us, that we just grow in our love for him. And it can be easy for us to fall into the trap of running to God's love when we need him, when we need that, and then ignoring him when we feel like we don't. We kind of use and abuse God's love. It can be easy for us all to go there, friends. But we need his love constantly on a regular basis. It can also be easy to fall into a place where we, this, the love of God is more of a belief or a concept in our life, but it's not something we experience on a regular basis. And I pray that that would not be the case for any of us. 
I mean, ask yourself this question. Is, is God's love a concept in my life or something that I experience on a regular basis? I don't want this to be something I just believe in. I don't want God's love to be something I sing about. I don't want it to be just a concept. I want to experience God's love, the reality of his love on a regular basis. And I pray that you experience his love more and more and more and more, that you and I would receive his love. And that's the focus of today. And I'm praying that God would fill you with his love in a greater way today. We need to continually be filled with God's love continually filled, filled with God's love more and more and more. So I receive his love so I can give his love. Here's the deal. You and I, we can't give what we don't have. True? I can't give true, real love that comes from God if I'm not receiving it. If I'm not taking time to just stop and just say, God, I, I need you, your love, your presence again. And, and I ask you to fill me and I receive your love so I can give your love. And receive your love some more so I can give your love away to those that need it. I receive your love today so I can give your love to those that maybe even aren't even giving me love. But I'm full of your love, which is perfect and true and is, 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 is the love. And I can give that love away no matter what. Man, we need God's love more and more and more. And I think that, to be honest, we're dealing with a love deficit in our world right now. And it's not just outside the church, it's inside the church. And we need to be people of love, where we truly do love one another. And we'll talk about that and how to live that out and what that looks like again next week, but it really starts with this. I think so many people are missing out on stopping and receiving and experiencing God's love. And that's where we need to lean into today to make sure that you and I have a life, a rhythm of life, this habit where I'm just living with God, I'm experiencing him and his love constantly. We'd live in that place so that I have something that I can give away. And how do I do this? You gotta stop, you gotta rearrange your life. I, you know, I loved what we learned in that Emotionally Healthy Relationships course, those of us that did that last May. It's great stuff on relationships and, and working through stuff, but the core teaching of that that whole course was this daily office. And the daily office was a practice where you and I would stop once, twice, three times a day and just be with God. It was more than just reading through your, your Bible reading plan and praying through your prayer list. It was more than that. It was just stop and be with him and be, and, and be still and even silent in the presence of God and receive from him and be with God. I love, I love that habit. I love that practice just being with God. Can I encourage you to do that? To just stop and just be with him, just receive his love. And I'm praying that will happen today. And God's gonna pour out his love in a fresh way today. Let's go to Romans 5. I love what Paul says in Romans 5, talking about faith, hope, and love, and God pouring his love out on our lives. Romans 5, verse one, says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for that. Man, that's so important that we have peace with God. We can't experience the peace of God until we first have peace with God. We need to make peace with our maker. And it's, and it's through faith that we have peace with God. We've entered a relationship with him. Then it says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace 
in which we now stand. And it's important that you and I stand in his grace every single day. We want to stand in that grace. Last Sunday, I talked about how grace is, I just referenced this briefly, but grace is like the airplane. And God wants to empower you and and, and fill you with his grace, not just at the moment of salvation, but every single day, you and I need his grace to empower us and enable us. Grace is like the airplane, and God wants to take you places. He wants you to enjoy life with him in his grace. But faith is like the boarding pass that accesses the grace. And so I don't stand in faith. I stand in grace by faith. Faith accesses the grace by which I stand. This is actually one of my daily prayers right here. I just, I just thank God that by faith I can stand in his grace. I would encourage you today, again, stand in his grace, receive his grace. You want to live in that place of grace by faith. Amen? That's good right there. And then uh, it says, we rejoice in the hope of glory, uh, of the glory of God. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. It's easy to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, but it's not easy to rejoice in our sufferings, right? But he's saying, you can, have, you can rejoice in both of those. It is possible, remember in our Joyful series, which we still have our signs up behind me, joy is not a natural response to life, but it is a supernatural response to life. You and I can live in a place of joy no matter what we go through. Rejoice. In, in, in the hope of the glory of God, but also in, the, in our sufferings. Because we know our sufferings is actually gonna lead to hope as well. But there's a process. It talks about our sufferings produces perseverance. Suffering produces perseverance. Anybody feeling this right now? Okay, so a lot of us, were experiencing some form of, of suffering, but it's, I think it's important for us to even be honest about our suffering because the suffering we're facing pales in comparison to the suffering a lot of people around the world are facing. And you may be going through some real stuff and I don't mean to put down what you're going through. Like there are some tough, difficult things a lot of people are going through. There is some suffering people are going through. But there are also brothers and sisters around the world that could lose their life just by reading this book. Just by, if they just were caught with one page of the Bible, they could lose their life. The suffering, the persecution they are going through is way more intense than you and I would ever, ever potentially go through. Although, by the way, have you read Revelation? You do realize that in the end, things will get worse than 2020. You know that, don't you? important to stand in God's grace and experience his love. We need him so that whatever we go through, we can grow. And that's what perseverance is. Some of you, you're growing in perseverance. You're growing as you walk through suffering. Suffering is developing perseverance in your life. Perseverance is this learning that I can keep going. I'm not going to quit. Perseverance is getting stronger in your life. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I'm holding on to you, Jesus. I'm not going to go this way. I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to make major life-altering changes right now because I'm struggling. I'm going to persevere and walk through this. I'm going to grow through what I go through. That's perseverance. And some of us, we're learning perseverance maybe more than ever in our life, but we need this. And, And Paul would even say, you can rejoice in this. Because suffering pers- produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Man, do you want to be a man or a woman of character? 
comes through suffering and perseverance. And then character is developed. True character really comes out when you're walking through things. You know, they say when uh, it's like life is like a tube of toothpaste. When you're squeezed, what's on the inside comes out. And we want God to strengthen and solidify our character no matter what we go through. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character leads us to hope. And the hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. If our hope is rooted and grounded in Jesus, it will not disappoint. You ever been disappointed by hope? It's happened to all of us, if we're honest. Like, we put our hope in something, and then we're, we're left disappointed. You ever been there before? It's, it's, it's crushing. And, you know, there's a proverb that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's true. Like, it just eats us away on the inside when hope is deferred. When we have this, something we're hoping for and it doesn't happen, it can kill us from the inside. Hope can disappoint us when we put our hope in the wrong thing. And we've experienced that before, maybe in relationships, maybe in dreams and visions, maybe in a, a job, a career, a calling, maybe in your family where we're disappointed by something we were really hoping for. That's why I gotta put our hope in Jesus. And Hebrews says it's, it's an anchor to our soul. That hope is an anchor to our soul. We put our hope in Jesus. He is our hope. He is the hope for all of humanity. And he is a hope that does not disappoint. Amen? Amen? And then it says, and, then the, and, in, and that God will pour out his love. How? By his spirit. Pour out his love by his spirit. Man, I'm praying that you have a faith that accesses grace so you can stand in grace, that you have a hope that doesn't disappoint. I'm praying for God to pour out his love into your life in a new and a fresh way. Come on, do you need more of God's love right now in your life? Do you want him to fill you some more right now? Just begin to ask, God, fill me. I wanna experience more of your love. And by his spirit, I'm praying for newness, freshness of his love in this season over your life. I'm praying for this as we go through our 21 days of fast. God's gonna pour out his love into our hearts, into our lives by his spirit. And we're saying, I'm ready, God, I want it. Fill me, fill me. We need this. We need his love. We need to experience his love. It's the main thing, right? The main thing, it's all about love. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write these three words down. As I invite Pastor John Mark up here. Taking notes, write these three words down. If you're not taking notes, write these three words down. These are the three most important words in the English language. Uh, actually, not any language, I should say. Three most important words in all of life. It's imperative that you and I don't just know these words, but you experience the power of these words. These words will set you free. They'll transform you. They'll change you. They're the most important words in all of life. These words are so profound that sometimes we miss out on how profound they are because of how simple it sounds. Three most important words in all of life are this. Number one, Jesus. Two, loves. And three, me. Those are the three most important words in your life that you need to never, ever, ever, ever forget. Jesus loves me. And it's easy for us 
especially if you follow Jesus for years or even decades, to forget when we find ourselves going through the motions and getting stuck. We find ourselves getting in this place of hurt and discouragement. Maybe bitterness comes in and, all, and we, we forget the power and the importance of these simple words. This is the most important theology you and I need to have right here. Jesus loves me. That's it. And it's so good and, and fun to dive deep into scripture and to learn doctrine and theology and to understand maybe the difference between did I choose God or did God choose me? Am I a Calvinist or an Arminianist or am I in between somewhere or that? Am I, do I, am I pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib? Am I pre-millennial, amillennial? All that can be great and awesome and fun, but sometimes we get caught up in all of that and the head knowledge, the intellectualism, we lose this whole Jesus loves me and he's called me to experience his love and to give his love. And any theology and study that, that leads us away from the love of Jesus is not worth it. It needs to lead us to the love of Jesus. In fact, this is why some people will jokingly call seminary, train the pastors that pastor our churches, cemeteries. Because it's, they had so deep in the theology and doctrine, it's like they lost the love of God. And they argue and they debate, it's this, it's this, and this. And they get all upset about doctrine and they forget to love. It's all about loving people. And first, it starts with this, his love, experiencing, receiving his love. Don't forget, Jesus loves you. He loves you. And here's the good news. I don't know if you love him, but I do know for a fact that he loves you. And the good news is he decided way before you decided what you were gonna do, he decided what he was gonna do. Even if you and I would reject him and not accept him, he decided I'm gonna show my love to you and to the whole world by going on the cross for them. The Bible says we were enemies of God, yet Jesus still loved us, went to the cross for us. Romans 5, 8, just a few verses after, those few verses we just looked at in Romans 5. It says God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we ever decided what we were gonna do about Jesus on the cross and believe in him and his death and resurrection, Jesus decided to do it for you. Why? Because he loved you. He loved you. He loved you. And you and I deserve that place. Our sin sentences us to death, but Jesus says, I'm gonna take your sin, take the penalty of death for you on the cross so that you don't have to. And the reason is because I love you so much. I'm gonna take your place so that our relationship can be reconciled. You and I can have peace together. That's an amazing demonstration of his love. Hmm. His love is so powerful and so profound. It can be an over overused word these days, right? It seems like we use it for everything. Like I love, I love the Seahawks. And who doesn't, right? I love pizza and I love, you know, in the next sentence we can say, I love my mom. Do you love pizza and your mom the same? No, yeah, probably not unless you're really hungry and it's really good pizza, but probably not. <laughs> love is, is, is something we throw around in so many different ways and forms. I mean, you just Google love song and see what comes up. You will find hundreds upon thousands upon tens of thousands of songs all about love. It's the number one thing we sing about. Love. What the world needs now 
is love, sweet love. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it? What's love? I don't remember. Rest. Can't buy me love. Love can't buy me love. No, 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 no. I mean, we could go on for days, right? And I will always love you. I mean, there's so many love songs out there, and it feels like it's overused, overplayed. And and I think that there's some truth to that. There's two different loves that we need to understand. There's a love that the world thinks that we need, but it pales in comparison to God's love that we experience. His love is a true love because, oh, by the way, he is love. And the world would take us to a bed and show us two people in bed and say, this is love. But Jesus would take us. Our Lord would take us to the foot of the cross and show us his son dying and bleeding and say, this is what love is. This is true love. And that's the love that he gives to us and he fills us with. And that's the love he wants us to give away. It's a love that isn't self-gratifying, it's self-sacrificing. It's a love that's not selfless. It's a love that's not about me, it's about other people. And so God, would you fill me with that love? Would you fill us with that love right now? We need that love, that powerful, life-changing love. Lord, we first need you and your love so we can give it away. We can give it away. Come on, do you want that love? You ready to be filled with that love today? Let's stand to our feet right now. We're just gonna go to God. He is love. And this is where it starts. Again, we'll talk about the second aspect of this love next week because it's so important that we live it out. But I got two questions for you. As we approach the end of this year, we got three months left of 2020. And some of us would say, thank God. But here's the deal, we don't know. Next year could be harder, who knows? but I I do know that God is on the throne still. He is in control and he loves you. So just a couple questions for reflection here. As we approach the end of this year, in a few months, do I find myself in a place where I love God more than I did a year ago? That's the goal. And am I experiencing his love on a regular basis? This is where it starts, guys. This is where it starts, right here. So let's go to his presence. Let's go to God right now. Let's let's go to him and ask him to fill us with his love. And by his spirit, Romans 5, 5, he's gonna pour out his love onto your hearts right now. Would you close your eyes? Would you join me right now? Lord, we come to you recognizing that you are the source of true love because you are true love. God, we need you more than we need any other love, anything else. Lord, we need your love and your presence. God, I pray right now, by your spirit, Lord, you fill us with your love. Let your presence fall, your love fall, and rest in our hearts and our minds in this place and everyone that's joining us, even online. May they begin to sense your love right now in a fresh way, in a real way. I pray, God, your love on our hearts. God, we need you. Would you put your, both your hands out and palms up, just kind of a, a receiving posture of just saying, God, fill me with your love. Here I am, fill me with your love. Holy Spirit, fill me with your love. I need you. Come on, God wants to fill you up to the full. He wants to fill you up to the full right now with his love and his presence.
Jesus right now. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus. You've never said yes to his love right now. Just go ahead and ask for forgiveness for your sins. Repent of your sins. Receive his grace and his forgiveness. Commit to following him and receive his love right now. Just do it right now. Jesus, by your spirit, pour out your love. Pour out your love into our hearts, I pray right now. Jesus' name. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.